Thanks for tuning in on our Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from, we pray you're encouraged by the message. Read to you what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit. If you like to underline your Bible, if you like to highlight your smart device, if you just like to like point it to memory, do that. Walk in the the Spirit, not run in the Spirit, not jump in the Spirit, not skip in the Spirit, not moonwalk in the Spirit. No, no, no. That's about all I got right there, by the way. No, no, no. It says, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. How many guys know you're in a fight when it comes to your flesh? Man, you don't, you don't need to, like, when you know something's wrong, you don't need extra help. But the flesh will try to help you out. Spear and flesh, they war against each other. Verse 18 says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice, I'm going to say practice, we talking about practice, those, some of you guys didn't get that, way too many sports references, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. And against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, notice it again, let us also walk in the Spirit. If you're taking notes today, I'd like to speak to you from the subject. It wasn't coined by Aerosmith, it was coined by the Bible. Walk this way. Some of you right now, you're like, I got that song in my head. Don't sing that song. By I'm just joking. Walk this way. Would you bow your head? Let's pray. Father, help. Father, help big time today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen and amen. Would you give your neighbor a high five and you may, be, you may be seated. Thank you so much, Nate. Worship team, thank you so much. So I, as is accustomed to the start of every message, I always like to kind of say, uh, what in the world are we talking about today? What we're talking about today, so you can get your heart ready and your mind ready for it, is we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you weren't raised in church, for someone to say we're talking today about the fruit of the Spirit it would lead you to go, I still don't know what it is we're talking about. Has anybody ever read a definition in the dictionary about a word? And the definition of that word had the word in it again, and you still left yourself wondering, what does it even mean? Am I the only one? Like, it happens, right? Um, so for me to say, hey, today we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, you might be here and say, man, I, I don't quite really know what that is. So I guess what we're talking about today more in theme is we're talking about behaviors. Now, look at your neighbor and say, mind your behavior. 
Awesome. Some of you spouses said that way too aggressive to the other one, okay? Mind your behavior. We're, we're talking about, about behaviors. Now, we're talking about behaviors that God wants us to do. What would those be? Well, that would be the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I learned that by singing a kid's church song. I'll get it to you later if you want it. It's pretty cute. But those are the behaviors that God would want us to display. And what they are is they're an alternative to the behaviors that were listed earlier. All those things that God says, look, don't, don't do those. Those are behaviors that aren't for believers. Now, upon reading the text, it's talking more specifically, really, about the hate behaviors between, between each other. Now, now, follow with me here real quick, because when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, if we don't get it in the proper context upon which it was written, we miss the whole point. A lot of people read the fruit of the Spirit and all those things, and they say, this is really cute. It's really great. It sounds really nice. Would you all agree? It does. Those are great things. How many of you would say you probably need a little bit more of some of those things in your life? I think we should all be raising our hands right now, okay? We, we all could. But here's the deal. Paul is writing this to a group of people, and there are some major issues going on. So let's get the context of this scripture to where we can understand it. Look at verse 15 of chapter 5. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. So we see this word, but. Everyone say, but. So Paul, when you read through this, is saying, here's the deal, but if you're having strife with each other, murmuring against each other, lashing out at each other, he says this, beware, lest you be consumed. So then what I love about Paul is he doesn't just leave us there, just like God doesn't leave us there, he gives us what we're supposed to do, which is verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we see here that Paul, when he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, is really dealing with the behavior issue between people. Now let me take it a step further and get more personal. He's talking about the church in Galatia. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to church folk. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. So like today, it would be like me talking to you if you've got issues with people and you're treating them wrong. Paul's like, uh-oh, we actually have to talk about this because it's becoming a big issue. If you've been following along with us in our reading, you know we've been going through the, the churches, Ephesus, the Corinthian church, even right here, the Galatian church. Paul is kind of like the patriarch of all of it, and he's having to deal with some issues. Now, Let's answer it this way. Let's get on a level that we could all get. I want you to respond with amen, if any of these fit you, okay? We're going to get vocal here at church. I'm going to need you to do a lot more talking to help me out today, okay? How many of you would say, with an amen, that you've blown it a time or two with people? Woo, that was strong today. All right, so you've lashed out. If you've lashed out, say amen. amen. If you've thought wrong of someone else, say amen. amen. If you've called them names, say amen. Whoa, someone's getting really good over here. Have you ever written someone off? Have you envied the success of someone else? All those things, we've all done them. <laughs> We're a good company today. <laughs> You're just as bad as I am. <laughs> Thank you. Anyways, now let's make it more personal. Let's make it more personal. 
have you done those things to the ones that you value the most? Sure you have. Isn't it amazing how much we hurt the ones we love the most? Become familiar, right? You live with them long enough. Start to see their quirks. There's little things that just, mm, they get you, right? And then those things begin to happen. Happens with your spouse, with your children, with your siblings. I've got good news and bad news. You ready? Good news. Thanksgiving is coming. It's good news. Bad news? Thanksgiving is coming. Kenny, if you could do me a favor, can you see if the air conditioner's on? Either I'm even getting more sick by the moment or my body temperature is skyrocketing. Thanks, man. Thanksgiving's coming. And for some of us, we're going to be sitting across the table from those that we see things differently on. Now, let's take that in a normal family. Has anybody else got a crazy family like I do? Sometimes I used to not say things like that, and I especially shouldn't more because we're on online and they could be watching right now. Love you. So we have family members <coughs> that we disagree with. But take the past couple years. The disagreements have gone to a whole nother level, haven't they? And what happens when we're not careful is we start to treat those that we love the most with the least amount of respect and love and care. And so what happens is, is we get together, let's just take even Thanksgiving out of the room, we just get together and we can't even have a good time no more because we've got all this stuff going on. Now let's bring it away from Thanksgiving, away from the family, just bring it to your everyday ordinary life. Those that you work with, those that you live with, those that you're surrounded with. The, the neighbor who won't cut their yard, but yours is perfectly manicured. <laughs> Have you ever been tempted to just go over and just mow the yard for your neighbor who won't do it? I did it one time. It didn't turn out too good. I, did, I didn't need your help. Why? Well, I, I couldn't tell by the way that I saw things. I was just kind of wondering. Thank you, friend. I appreciate that. Dave McMahon coming into the clutch. Hey, Barbara, happy birthday, by the way. Come on. 23 years old today. Congratulations, ma'am. Love people that come to church on their birthday. I love that. Love you, come to church, period. So our opening text, kind of take a moment here to kind of set this. Understand that the fruit of the Spirit is given to us so that you and I can treat each other right. So that you and I could be in unity. So that you and I could go forward with the mission that God wants Christians and believers to do. If you've been around here for any length of time, you know my heart on this. There is nobody else on this planet that should love each other more than Christians. Because, according to Psalm 133, when we walk in unity, there is power. And what the world needs is not just another church without any power. They need a group of people who can say, hey, I might disagree with you, but I could respect. I might disagree with you, but I could be honorable. Why? Because there's a bigger thing at stake here. So not only does God want us in our homes 
to live by the fruit of the Spirit. But he wants us in our neighborhood. Now, I got to take you on a rabbit trail here, okay? Normally, I do this without thinking about it. Today, I'm telling you right where I'm going. I need to do this because for you to understand the fruit of the Spirit and what Paul was getting at, we have to understand what was going on in that moment, okay? So I'm going to read this. You're going to intently listen with me, right? I'm sorry? Okay, cool. You're going to hone in because if you don't, you're going to miss the part at the end. It's kind of like I'm setting you up for something really, really good here. That's really good. I like to bring it on. How big a boy are you? All right, so to fully appreciate just how precious these words are, we need to see them in the larger context of Paul's letter. Okay, so he's writing to the church of Galatia. Say Galatia. And though the words are great, they come as one of his harshest letters to the church. Paul writes this letter to the Galatians in great anger and distress of heart because the believers in Galatia were falling away from the simple message of the gospel. The message of the gospel. Jesus came, Jesus died, God raised him from the dead, he's alive in heaven today praying for you sitting at the right hand of the Father. That is the full gospel. You can't just stop with he ascended. He's at the right hand of the Father praying for us. So the church is starting to back away from that. They're abandoning the message that a sinner is declared righteous before God as a free gift of his grace through the faith of Jesus on the cross. They're starting to walk away. Does that sound like anything we've talked about in the Year of the Bible series? Can we go back to the Old Testament? How many times did the children of Israel walk away from the simple messages of God? Here's the top ten. You do these. They don't. Well, now in the New Testament, Jesus has paid the price, and these believers are starting to walk away from it. They're falling for the lie that they can make themselves righteous before God through the obedience to the Old Testament law. They're trying to be the, I'm holier than you are. See where that problem comes in, in relationships with people? Have you ever said anything like that? Well, you should just be like me. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm holy. I, I wouldn't dare do that. Yeah, you might have not dared done that, but you've done something else that you shouldn't have done. So you can't compare. So Paul literally spends the first four chapters of this letter proving to them that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, Galatians 2.16, look at, look at it on the board. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law, for by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Paul is proving a point. He's saying you can serve as many times as you want in Canyon Kids. We need more. So if you want to sign on up, you just let us know. It doesn't matter how many times you click a computer, how many times you sing a song. If you think that your justification with God is based upon what you do, you're falling for the same trap that the Galatian church did. That's why in different religions, they say, work your way to God. Huh. Christianity is the only religion where God says, forget that, I'll come to you. It's not by your works. Do you need to do those things? Do you need to serve? Absolutely. 
but your salvation or your eternal soul is not predicated upon what you do. It's predicated upon Jesus, his death, and his resurrection. That's it. So Paul is like, look, guys, stop getting mixed up in this whole deal. Because now they started to play the I'm holier than you card, and now friction begins to come. Now, false teachers are misleading these believers into thinking they could be more righteous and acceptable before God on the basis of the law of Moses. I don't have time today to go through how many laws man, it's pretty simple, God gave us 10. I like the number 10. Because when you start looking at the laws that these people started to make, hundreds silly things too, by the way. I'm going to be careful here and really use the word silly and not go any further. Silly. And here's the thing. No one could do that. There's just too many of them. So they're pulled away. So Paul goes, look, here's the deal, guys. Don't do that. So now, after having trusted in the cross of Jesus... These wayward Christians were, in effect, denying the sufficiency of the cross. Do you see why Paul is upset? Do you see why he's concerned? He's like, wait a minute, you guys are missing it. The cross was enough. It's as if they had been set free from bondage, just like the children of Israel, and then decided to put the weight of that bondage back on. And Paul goes, man, guys, don't be deceived any longer. He says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Watch here. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Here's what Paul is saying. It's simple. The cross is enough. Don't get in bondage to those things. So Paul here is dealing, really, we don't like to say this, but it's true. Paul here is dealing with the spirit of legalism. And that's a big deal in the church. Everyone look at me real quick. There is nothing more destructive in a church setting than legalism. It will destroy, and listen to me very carefully, not even just in a church setting, but in your own heart. It will destroy you. In and of ourselves, right? You're not good enough. In and of myself, I'm not good enough. The Bible says it's the hope of glory in us. So while on my own, I'm not good enough, with Christ in me, I am good enough. Do you understand the difference? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise right there. Some of you are, you know, I don't know, Pastor. No, 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 no. In and of yourself, you'll never be good enough. But man, when I got Christ, it's good. So forgive me for doing this. I was making you guys clap so I could drink. And I got so excited about your clapping that I forgot to drink. So Paul's bringing corrections to the people. He's saying, you all have become negative. You've become rude, controlling. You accuse you're overbearing with one another, and you're spiritually prideful. Man, Paul's like holding nothing back, right? He's just saying, look, here's the deal. 
you guys are wrong. But Paul doesn't just leave us there. So he brings correction. And that's where we get to verses 13 through 15 before we get to 16. Watch here. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, everyone say love. Here it comes. Serve one another. Okay. Why is that so important? What did Jesus say about serving? Jesus himself said, I didn't come for you to serve me. I came to serve you. What's the model that Jesus showed? Jesus stooped down at his disciples and he washed their feet. What's the early example in the early church? It was the apostles serving the, the widows. The widows who could do nothing for them in return, by the way. If you're a widow, of course you have no husband. If you have no kid, you are fully dependent upon those around you. They didn't have anything. The scriptures point to serving others as saying, let me put you first before the needs of myself. So when Paul says that right here, he's reminding them of something they should already know. Love one another. How do I love you? I serve you. Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Now are you seeing how this context is slowly starting to come down to our behaviors towards one another? I would love for you to write this down. The standard of holiness hasn't changed. But what has changed is the way in which it is to be achieved in us. I'm trying to take Galatians chapter 5, 1 through 16, and trying to give it a bullet point. This is it. Paul is not saying, don't try to be holy. He's just saying the way upon which you're going about it no longer works. He's now introducing something different. So let me read it again. The standard of holiness hasn't changed. Do right by each other. Love God with all of your heart. Serve his church. Those are all great things, all things that need to be done. What he's saying is, but what it has changed is the way in which it is achieved in us. Here's where we take a turn. You ready? I took 23 minutes and 39 seconds to get to this turn. Here's where it happens. Walk in the Spirit. He's saying your list of laws aren't working. But what will work is an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on and he starts to introduce how the Spirit works. Now, the truth is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to say the Holy Spirit, has to do the work in the lives of people or it won't be genuine. Everyone focus on me real quick. I can't force this on you. You have to be willing to say as a believer in Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, I need you to work in and of my life. Or else it's not genuine. It's like this example. When your children are young, you absolutely have rules and you establish standards to live by. Yes or no? Okay, we do. But along the way, as they grow into adults, you need to pray and you need to teach them about the role of the Holy Spirit in their lives. 
so that their spirituality is real and they're not just trying to please you. Every parent in this room, yes, right or wrong, yes, keep them safe. But the bigger thing is how do they hear the Holy Spirit? Because when you're not there and you can't see what they're getting ready to do, how many of you are thankful there's something there to steer them right? So you have to teach them how to hear that. That's what Paul's getting at. Paul's saying if it's not real in their hearts, what's the point? If the Holy Spirit isn't real, I know this is a teaching, so stick with me. If the Holy Spirit isn't something that you are saying, okay, I need you to walk with me. And I understand that saying the Holy Spirit for some, depending on where you are in your faith in Christ, it seems like something that's far out there. Listen, it's not. The Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. There's the Father, there's the Son, there's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go. For when I go, then the Holy Spirit will come and he will walk with you and he will lead you into all truth. Okay? So, as a Christian, hear me. There's a difference between an encounter with the Holy Spirit and then the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's a prayer life. A lot of people equate the Holy Spirit to just that. No. The Holy Spirit is a person who walks with you, who leads you and guides you in all truth. And the reality is, he has probably led you more times than you think. Think of the time that you could have done something wrong, but something in you said, oh, do you think you just made that up? Or did the Holy Spirit quicken you? I would go on this record. I think some of us are going to get to heaven and realize the Holy Spirit spoke to us far much more than we thought. So it's recognizing it. The scriptures say, for all you memory people in here, what I mean by that is you don't have one. <laughs> Me too. You guys can laugh a little bit more. It's okay. I'm not making fun of you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will draw the scriptures to your remembrance. That's good. Because I read a lot of the Bible, and I don't know how I'm supposed to remember any of that. The Holy Spirit will quicken you. The role of the Holy Spirit, guys, is huge. And so that's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying what you need is not a list of rules. What you need is an indwelling of the Spirit. And then he says, walk in it. How do you walk? How do you walk? Sometimes as a communicator, you kind of go like, should I tell him? Because I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking this might be a trick question, so I might give an answer, and he might say wrong because he planned this whole thing out. No, this is how you walk. One foot in front of the other. <laughs> That's it. Just walk. Now, I know this might go a little bit far with some of you, maybe not with most of you. Most of you don't fall a lot when you walk. You probably fall a lot more when you try to run. Now, some of you, it is when you walk. I'm praying for you. I find it interesting that Paul says, walk in the Spirit. So here's how I look at it. This is the way I feel God showed it to me through his scriptures. If I'm walking, I'm slowing down. 
Some of you are so busy in your life and you're running everywhere from this to that to here to there to try to keep everyone happy, everyone appeased, your goals at the top, make more money here, do this stuff here, pop this stuff there, do this stuff here, and then you get around people and you have to kind of slow down a little bit because you're so anti you can't, so therefore a lot of this fruit of the spirit stuff goes completely out the window because your life is just too crazy and just too hectic and they don't understand. And then so you say something you shouldn't say. Anybody? No? Yeah, yeah. You say something you shouldn't say and then you have to take it back, but then it reveals a bigger problem and it's just because you're just, you're going... This is why you miss it. This is why I miss it. Because everything's go, 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 go. It's okay to be busy for God. It's okay to be busy. It's not okay to not be balanced. What I'm saying is, is God is saying, walk in the Spirit, slow down, so that if I am trying to talk to you, you can actually hear me. Some of you, you're running so hard, you can't hear anything. Because you're going too hard. Slow down. Can I, can I ask you, like, if you had to go home today and write down the top three priorities in your life, you don't have to say them out loud, what would they be? You would probably start making your list. And then what if I said to you, just focus on that? Would it slow your life down a little bit? I guarantee it would. Walk in the Spirit as, as Nate comes and we get ready to close. He says, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. What do we need to know here today? Write this down. We need to know that the works of the flesh have eternal impact. The works of the flesh. What are the works of the flesh? Let's read it again. It's a tough list. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, adultery, sorcery. But then, notice the switch right here. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Okay, now watch the transition again. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, it's as if he lists things that maybe most of us haven't been tempted with. And then he brings it down to really simple matters. Do you have hatred in your heart towards somebody? Are you selfish? Uh-oh. Uh. You ever read the Bible sometimes and go, did you have to put that there? Now listen to me. I'm saying all of these, by the way, guys. Please don't beat yourself up. If you're here today and you've done any of those and you start to feel condemnation or guilt or shame, you need to stop. Condemnation is from the enemy. Some of you need to remember you've been forgiven. You're not what you used to be. So like the good Kit Kat bar, give yourself a break. Don't do that. Because I want to show you something here that's powerful. Because some of us, we read that and we go, well, man, that's me. I, I've got selfish ambitions. Uh, man, I was, you know, got a little drunk the other day. No, not just a little drunk, man, I got, I got drunk. Hatred. 
there at the end. It says those who practice such things. Practice. In other words, I'm doing it, and I know I'm doing it, and I don't care. It's my practice. Listen to me, listen to me. Man, it feels so much better when I talk like this. Kind of makes it like a little bit more dramatic, but it's cool. We read this in the passage of Scripture, and we immediately go to, oh, that's me, that's me, ah, beat myself. Are you, are you practicing them? I would go around this room. Some of you I need to know a little bit more. Some of you I know well. But I don't, I don't see anybody in this room that is saying today after church, going out getting smashed, looking forward to it. I don't, I don't see a murderer in this room. This is a heavy list. But we do need to be careful. Because if any of those are a temptation in our life, the Bible says, take heed of yourself lest you, lest you fall. So, I've got to be careful here. But I'm not practicing. If you're practicing, the reality is, he says in the scripture, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, Paul's saying straightforward. If you don't want to serve God and you want to live this and practice this, unfortunately, the eternal impact of that is hell. But friends, I want you to hear me. God is a graceful God, a merciful God, a loving God. And he instructs Paul in this reading to say, don't leave them there. Oh, all these bad things. Oh, yeah, you're destined for hell. You go. Don't leave them there, Paul. Tell them how they can overcome those behaviors. Paul, would you give them the fruit of the Spirit? For the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness. And aren't you thankful that the very last one, number nine, is self-control? I saw a great meme the other day. It said, I'll give you one statement that, that, that goes against your self-control. I thought, this better be good. And it said, chips and guac. And I was like, yeah, they got a point there. It's pretty good. Just trying to light it up in here a little bit. He says, look, here's the deal. Walk in the Spirit. Now, remember, I told you I had to go on a rabbit trail, right? Okay, now I'm coming back on the trail. Write this down. This is the part I was telling you where it comes back to relationships. The relationships in my life will rise or fall to the level of my ability to walk in the Spirit. I know that's long. We'll leave it up on the screen. The relationships in my life, in your life, think of the relationships in your life, they will rise or fall to the level of your ability to walk in the Spirit. All right. Here comes the energy, Pastor Rich, all back over again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's long-suffering, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have been crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So now, here's what we got to do. We just got to love. Say love. Just love. Love people. 
I mean, Paul, he puts it so simply, just do this, love. So let me just give you scriptures. I'm going to give you the point, read one scripture. Ready? Love. What do I need to know? 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and though I have all the faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to the burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So very simply, love. Walk in the Spirit, love. Next, joy. Look at Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. Now watch, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When I have joy, I abound on hope. Who else sees that? Anybody around me. My behaviors and my relationships get better when I have joy. You guys want some joy? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy, peace. I love Romans 12. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. He says, have peace. You know what that scripture says? With that person you disagree with, you do your best. What they do is completely on them. As much as it is up to you, be peaceful. What they do, that's on them. Just do your best. Oh, patience. Oh, this is a good one. Ephesians 4, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Live at peace. Kindness, Ephesians 4, 32. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God Christ forgave you. Oh, man, it costs you nothing to be kind. Be kind. Goodness, Galatians 6.10. So then while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially those who have the household of faith. Do good to one another. There's also another scripture that says outdo one another in goodness or in kindness. Okay, everyone just look around real quick. Just look at each other. Just circle the room. I'm almost done. It's almost time to go. Some of you are staying to help us rip out carpet. Lunch is on the way. It's going to be a great day. Look at me real quick. Outdo each other in kindness. This is, okay, this is crazy. This is, this is the classic little brother, big brother. Ready? Outdo one another. So if somebody in the church does something kind for you, you know what your heart should do? Oh, I can't wait to get them back. Oh, I'm going to outdo them. That's what the Bible says. You know, when you do kind and good things to other people, especially those that you might have a rift with, it's amazing how the walls come down. And all of a sudden, you find the friend that you've always been looking for. It's like when you're in elementary school. The kid that you got in a fight with, this might just be me, but the kid you got in a fight with later on becomes your best friend. Now, that happened because you were sitting in the principal's office and you made a pact because you didn't want to get suspended like we did. It didn't work. We still got suspended. But Miles became my best friend. 
because the walls came down. Do kind, do good things. Gentleness, Philippians 4, 5, let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. I love Colossians 3, 12. So as though, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Oh, last one, last one, last one, self-control. James 1, 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Man, I think Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, gave us the antidote to the greatest relationships and greatest friendships we could ever have. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you're here today and you need the relationships in your life to be better, this is your memory verse this week. Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 24. I want you to memorize it. I'm giving you homework today. I'm giving you church work today. I don't want you want to call it. You need to memorize that scripture because you will be tested. Amen. <laughs> Some of you are like, sure. just kept going and it just kept going and it went so high and it went so far and he had so much string that the kite went out of sight so this little boy was standing there holding this kite that he couldn't see and a gentleman walked by and he looked at the young man and he looked at the kite and he said what are you doing and the little boy said I'm flying a kite old man says why well, I I can't I can't see it how do you know it's still there and the little boy looked to the man and he said because I can feel it I might not always be able to see the Holy Spirit but I can feel it there might be times when my faith is shook and sometimes I don't know where God is or I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I can feel it. And while God doesn't always promise to give us answers, He does give us promises. He said, I'll never leave you nor will I ever forsake you. Some of you just need to know today the Holy Spirit is near. When you can't trace Him, you can trust Him. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with us, text CONNECT to 805-321-1357 or visit us at slow.canyonhills.com. Until next time, have a great day and be encouraged that God is with you and for you.